You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? So my week has been just so relaxing you guys know I spent my birthday um, in Costa Rica, okay? Um, we took a family trip for my birthday and my mom's birthday. My mom turned 60, 60 years young on the 31st. So we had a blast. I mean, we, um, of course, saw a whole bunch of animals that we usually don't see just looking out of our balconies. We were ready to get back to the States because of that. But it was relaxing. I mean, being on the beach, being in warm weather, and now coming back to the cold. Of course, we didn't want to have to come back to the cold, but it's nice. You know, we turn all the fireplaces on and it's just, you know, the ambiance in the house is just so nice. So far, 2023 has been fantastic to us. And um, yeah, I'm just taking it all in. You know, 40 so far is good. And y'all know I'm celebrating my birthday all year. Okay. It's like all year long. So Happy birthday to me. And uh, like I said, when y'all see me say happy birthday, because it's still my birthday all year, all year, I'm celebrating 40 because this 2023 is my year. Okay. So Janine, how has your week been? First of all, Nicole, claim it. All year 2023 is your year. I'm here for the year long celebration and somewhere mid year, I'm going to celebrate with you because we will both officially be 40. Yeah, let's let's not hurry up 40, though, okay? Because I know I kept saying, oh, I'm about to be 40, I'm about to be 40. I wish I hadn't talked about it, and it was just like, bam, I'm 40 now. Now everybody knows I'm 40. I'm going to be 40 for the next five years, y'all. <laughs> just just letting y'all know. Look, I'm with it. I I feel like, don't what they say, 40 is the new 20, so we're, we're just 20. We're just 20, y'all. Don't even worry. But- Nicole, I'm excited. I'm excited for the new year because, you know, 2022 was super busy and 2021 was busy and 2020 was like, we're not even going to go back to 2020, but 2019 was busy. And in 2023, I'm super excited because I don't want to be busy like this. 
I have to figure out, you know, we always preach work-life balance, work-life balance, work-life balance. But do we actually work to get to the work-life balance? Girl, there's a lot. There's a lot that's been going on. And now I am I'm excited for what 2023 is going to bring. Kim gave us some info, some insight as to what 2023 is going to bring. But I am prayerful that it's going to be peaceful and happy and joyous with no big complications or problems. It's just, I'm just going to speak it into existence. We have a few days in, so we're just going to speak that into existence. I, I'm going to speak that into existence and just reflecting briefly when you were talking about 2022. I mean, 2022 was a rough year for me. It was just rough. 2021 was rougher. 2020, I wish we could have just like thrown it away. I mean, the last three years, y'all, besides this podcast and Pregnancy Pearls podcast, I mean, there wasn't too much good to me that came out of 2020 and the pandemic. I mean, it did give us some time to get to know ourselves. And I think some people needed that, right? Some, you know, just me time. Like you can't go outside because guess what? Outside ain't open. You know, you had no choice but to reflect and actually figure out if you liked yourself or not and figure out if you liked the person you with or not. I mean, it gave you a lot of time to figure those things out. So um, yeah, I just um, throw, throw all those years away. But 2023, new start, new beginning. Ah, I'm loving it. So I don't I don't want to breeze over the fact that this podcast has really genuinely helped us get through the past three years almost. I mean, we're here. I mean, January would be year three since the pandemic. So it's really helped us get past. I don't know if, if the listeners realize it or not, but we I mean, we've been relying on y'all to keep our sanity, not <laughs> Not because we're like, oh, we want to be podcasters. More because we were like, girl, we need to talk. And we felt silly just constantly talking to each other. And we figured that other people need to talk. So we talked to y'all. So thank y'all for being our therapist, kind of pseudo-therapist. So now that we know about your week, Jenny, I wonder how our listeners have been doing this week. I'm sure they've been doing great. Y'all, we hope that you all are enjoying this journey with us. And we hope that at this point, y'all have shared it with your friends. You rated us. You've given us a review. And we hope that you've subscribed at this point. In 2023, we are going to share the conversation with our friends. That should be our New Year's resolution. What do you think, Nicole? I like that as a New Year's resolution. But you know me, I just... Nowadays, I'm just anti-New Year re- New Year's resolution. Maybe by the end of this show, I'll have one. But right now, I don't have one. But that's a good that's a good idea for the podcast resolution. It's funny because I thought the same thing. And we both agreed that this conversation was going to be about realistic resolutions. That's what we told ourselves. That's when, when we put our, you know, when we were doing our show notes, y'all, we sat down and we were like, on this day, we are going to record about realistic resolutions. And I struggle with this, Nicole. I'm not even going to lie to you. I struggle with this. But but like you said, by the end of the podcast, we will have some resolutions, some realistic ones. All right, Jenny. So I guess that's on your timeline this week. Actually, Harry and Meghan are on our timeline this week. 
You remember we had them on our timeline a while back after they did that interview with Oprah, right? And then there was supposed to be a book that came out about what's going on and blah, blah, blah. So they're on our timeline again. As you know, there is a Netflix documentary called Harry and Meghan, rightfully named, that was released. It was released at the end of last year. And if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. You, Nicole, and for the listeners, but I say everyone should watch it. You know, before I watched it, I saw some of the feedback online on social media, which is what sparked me to watch it. And my husband, of course. But that's what sparked me to watch it. And after watching a couple of episodes of it, I realized that there's a reason that this particular documentary is the biggest documentary on Netflix. So first, I kind of thought it was because, you know, it's the royals and we have this incessant need to like follow them and obsess over every little thing that they do and monitor their every move. But I honestly believe that this particular documentary is doing so well because it gives a genuine look inside of not only their lives, but the struggles that they have. And it gives us a different side of them. It gives, it gives them humanity. It gives the Royals humanity. So Think of it like this, Nicole. The interview that we talked about before with Oprah, that was kind of an appetizer to this entree because this documentary goes deep into all that they were going, going through in a very tasteful manner. So I will say this. There are some people who are coming out and, well, most people, I would say, are coming out and showing their support and saying how proud they are of Harry and Meghan for telling their story. And then, you know, there are the typical like internet trolls that want to talk about how they're super privileged and, oh, woe is me. And they're crying when they left the palace, right? We're going to ignore the internet trolls. We are understanding if you watch it and you have two bits worth of sense, you will understand that there are things that these two went through that we will never be able to comprehend because we will never be in a situation or most of us won't ever be in a situation like this to understand what they were going through. So while some people want to say they're ungrateful and because they're complaining, when you really sit back and look at it and not look at it from the lens of they're the Royals and look at it from the lens of they're human, it kind of, it kind of gives you a soft spot in your heart for them. Personally, I'll say this. I support them. I support the decisions that they've made and how they've spoken out about the institution. I respect them and all of those who helped them. So there were a lot of people who helped them, like a ton of Megan's friends helped, Oprah helped, Tyler Perry. We know they lived at Tyler Perry's house for a while. I respect that. But specifically, I respect Harry because he could have sat back and, you know, gone along with the institution and watched history repeat itself. And basically would have watched the same thing happen to his wife that happened to his mother. Because it seems, and I'm not going to speak on the institution, but based on the things that I've seen, it seems that they were intent on driving her mad or making her want to leave or divorce or, you know, not be a part of the family anymore, which he could have sat back and, and watched them do it, right? But he didn't. Instead, he said, let me be fiercely protective of my family. And he has. He is stuck by the decisions that she's made for herself as well as 
made good decisions himself for their family. So I support them. I support him and her and their their union because I can't imagine what it would be like, right? So Nicole, I'm sure you're probably sitting here like, girl, we talked about New Year's resolutions. What does this have to do with New Year's resolutions? You're probably like, girl, how do we get on the the Megan and Harry's train from resolutions? So I'm not going to go too deep into the documentary. I don't want to provide any spoilers, but I think that one of the things that's public knowledge is that Megan was going through some legal issues or a legal battle between a media outlet slash tabloid, whichever you would like to call it. Either way, you know what I'm talking about. And her, like, and basically like the institution and her, it was, it was a struggle, right? Well, in this doc, they break the whole legal battle down, which I didn't realize, Nicole, that it took years, right? So it wasn't, you know, a couple months. It wasn't like over a year's time span. This took years for this legal battle to to play out. But it wasn't the legal battle that stuck with me. It wasn't even the story about the legal battle or their story that stuck with me. It was something that was a very minute piece of the story, right? And she said that, you know, basically she expressed this when it was when the legal battle was over. She said while she was going through it, They celebrate New Year's Eve with one of their friends. And one of their friends in particular says, you know, it's one of Megan's good friends, she says. They say every year they go around the table and everyone has to say a word. And the word is what your word of the year is going to be, right? So the first first time that that her friend did this, um, you know, during this legal battle, She asked her, well, what's your word of the year? And she said, the first year she thought and she thought, and she said, you know, my word's not resolution, you know, because she, again, was referring to this battle. And she said, you know, that's not my word. And then she thought, well, my word is peace, peace. It has to be peace because all she wanted was peace. And then she thought to herself, well, I can't have peace without truth. So her word then for that year, that first year was truth. So then she came back to this again and she said, then the next year she got the truth, right? Like she got some truth. There was some truth out there. She had had interviews. People were listening to her. They weren't, you know, just blindly following the establishment or the institution as they call it. And she said, well, I finally, you know, people were finally knowing truth, but she still didn't have peace. So then she said that her word that next year was peace. So then she said, but part of that piece was reclaiming and getting back to those relationships and those friendships that had anchored her through. So I thought that was really important. And here's why. Like you, Nicole, self-admittedly, I, we don't have New Year's resolutions, right? Like, what is it? Like, what am I, am I going to lose weight? No, I'm probably not. I'm probably still going to have the same habits that I had before, right? Like, am I going to not do something we all have this like fairy tale idea of, hey, this is what a New Year's resolution should be. But I think that this resonated with me specifically because each year I come up with something, right? Like each year it's a thing. It's a change of habit. It's a change of behavior. It's a, it's a change of appearance. It's a change of something. But I think that we are all at a point now, and as we reflected over the last three years, we're all at a point now where we're trying to get to something that is not tangible. 
It's not something that we can hold on to. It's not a number on the scale that we can look at. It's not a, I've, a, something that we can track or check a box off for. I think that we're all level setting. And I think that we've had a very, a, a very trying last few years, right? Like we talked about this, like it's been trying. Like we've, we went through a pandemic. And honestly, Nicole, if we're being honest, and you and I have talked about this before on this podcast, our generation has been through a trying lifetime. Right. We've had everything from wars to major natural disasters to recessions to political unrest to a pandemic. I mean, what other generation can say that's currently alive? I would say what other generation can say that they've had this much stress by this point in our lives? I don't know another one. Right. And I think that it's important. For us to kind of, like I said, level set and get back to what's really important. So maybe it's not a, a specific resolution, right? Maybe it's that we are just recentering, rebalancing, again, level setting and getting back to the genuine connections and focusing on the joys of life and experiencing life as opposed to just allowing life to happen. So maybe not a resolution. Now, I've put some things down that I've drawn from this that could possibly be resolutions, but maybe not a resolution. Maybe it's just a little shift in our thoughts that will then hopefully shift our behavior. And maybe not to something that we need or want, not something tangible or a box that we can check off, but maybe just an internal feeling that we're looking for, a feeling of peace. What do you think, Nicole? Yeah, I think the intangibles... Once you hit 40, like me, <laughs> it's the little things, right? It's the intangible. So the feeling of peace, definitely, um, based off everything that you've said, I, I initially, let me go back and say, I was like, how the hell is this girl going to start talking about Harry and Megan? I am not prepared for this. This is not what I was set up for, okay? I did not pull letters based on this topic. And then you started talking about, her word for the year and, you know, her feelings as she was going through her legal battles. And I was like, okay, I can understand how this has turned into not necessarily a new year's resolution, but how we want our lives to change in the upcoming year and how we want to be a better version of ourselves. And I think that peace, the word peace should be something everybody is aspiring to have. Okay. So definitely, um, I do agree with peace. Um, there's a couple other words I would throw out there for me personally, but we ain't talking about me right now. We talking about the podcast and we talking about Megan. So, throw the words out there. Throw them out there. <laughs> so do, what, do you have a word for the year, uh, Janine? So I've been toying, right? And I think that the word that I settled on was courageous. I like courageous. So why do we choose courageous? Okay, so this is actually really brief. So I mentioned a, probably a few weeks back now that I was at a leadership retreat that you know was hosted by my job. And one of the speakers that we had was a gentleman, Ryan Berman, and he wrote a book called Return on Courage. And I, I'd say that because courageous encompasses so much. Like it encompasses you being able to speak out or change or be different or, you know, just 
setting yourself apart. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's like, I'm going to go do this thing. Right. But like just standing on your morals and being confident in that, like, what do we have the courage to do or not to do, honestly? So that's, I think that's the word that I'm settling on. I like that word. So my word for the year, and I have thought about this even before this Harry and Megan thing. Cause like I said, I'm not really that big on new year's resolutions. Cause you know, Listen, we got stuff to do. Like, you know, we we got to be able to pivot. And I can't foresee what my life is going to look like in six months of a year. So I'm constantly pivoting. So I can't do the whole New Year's resolution, but I can do the word of the year. And my word is resilience. I like that word. Um, and from old Oxford Dictionary, y'all know the paperback dictionary you used to have to carry around in school. It was red, black, and white. I know y'all know it. Oxford. Okay. Resilience is the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness. It's also the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. And y'all, if you were a fly on the wall and knew the things I've gone through in 2022, okay, I have no choice but to spring back. I have no choice because I have withstood a lot of BS. Okay. And so resilience is my word for this upcoming 2023. Cause y'all going to watch how I, I work this thing out. I'm going to be like, Oh my God, her life took a pivot, but she's still there. Nicole, I have to just tell you this one, like, I think things happen for a reason, but this one, like little blip in the radar right now, right? So your word is resilience, right? And I just told you that my word is courageous and I told you why, right? So to tell you what happened in the seminar in this particular guy with Ryan. So Ryan went around and asked everyone like, well, what kind of animal are you, right? So I couldn't think of an animal. I could only think of characteristics of myself that I wanted to put in animal, right? So I quick pulled out my phone and Googled, what's the most resilient animal? That there is. And it's called a tardigrade. It's T-A-R-D-I-G-R-A-D-E. Not sure how to pronounce it, but it's considered a water bear, right? So inside of the cover of my book, and I and I literally just looked and it says, you know, this particular animal, it can withstand, you know, dehydration and no food and no water and no sunlight. Like it can withstand pretty much anything. And inside of the cover of my book, it says, Keep be he signed it and he says, keep being a water bear. So I I appreciate the word resilience. I do. And I think that it's like perfectly dead on for you. I think that resilience is one of those things where it it shows you your strength and also shows you like your tenacity. Because you're right. I think not only 2022, but you know, life has been difficult. So I'm I'm with it. I love it. But have you looked at what this tardigrade looks like? Now, Nicole, we don't have to talk about what it looks like. It's about what it can survive and endure, okay? <laughs> it looks like it doesn't look like a water bear. It looks like um like a like something that you should look at under a microscope, no? But it looks like a pig with many legs or something like that. It it, it yeah, it it looks ugh. Mm, okay. 
but it's but it's been around in existence and has not gone extinct since 1773. So what does that tell you? Let me let me make sure I'm not in waters where these things are. All right, Janine. So now that we've said our words for the year, are we ready to talk through some of these letters regarding realistic resolutions? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, I feel like every year since having my five-year-old child, I resolve to lose weight. Every year, not only have I not lost weight, I've added a few more pounds each time. So now instead of just needing to lose my little pooch and 15 pounds, I need to lose more like 30 pounds. In 2022, I adjusted my diet and started going back to the gym. I've lost 20 pounds which is how I now only need to lose 30 more. (laughs) Yeah, it's sad, but my weight has just yo-yoed after doing bad diets. So instead of making weight loss my new New Year's resolution, I'm making getting the body of my dreams my 2023 resolution. And that starts with a mommy makeover. I'm tired of living with this body, but my husband really doesn't want me to get it done. He thinks I should continue just working out. But I don't think he understands how unhappy I am with my size and how things hang the way they do now. I'm thinking about getting the mommy makeover without, quote, his permission, end quote. Am I wrong? Should I not get the surgery and respect my husband's wishes? Ladies, what should I do? Sign, Sarisha. Okay, Sarisha. So I'm a little torn for this, right? Like I'm have very strong feelings about our body and our autonomy with our body. But I also do know that a mommy makeover could have a significant financial impact on your family, right? So I will say this. If you sit down and have a conversation with your husband and he is not able to understand the reason behind why you choose to do what you do, um, then we have some, some bigger conversations to have, right? I understand that you want his permission, quote unquote, but as I said, I'm about body autonomy. Like if it, if it's your body, you should be able to control what happens to your body. Now, having said that, this is an elective surgery, right? So, I mean, your husband's concerns could be everything from the finances of it to what the outcome may be. I mean, You've had kids. He doesn't want to be a a single father. I mean, there are a lot of concerns. And I think that you all should sit down and put on paper what the concerns are that he has. And you acknowledge and validate his concerns and then tell him what the concerns are that you have. And hopefully he will acknowledge and validate your concerns as well. What you don't want to have happen is that you get this new body. Your husband then resents you for getting the new body because you're now in some sort of financial strait or you get the new body. And he has to take care of you and he's not willing to take care of you. You don't you don't want that to happen. Right. Like you don't want anything negative to happen around this experience. Now, do I think that you should be able to get the surgery? Absolutely. If that's what you want to do and that's what you think is going to make you feel better about yourself, then by all means. But I think that you need to get it in a supporting environment. One of the things when you go through surgery. I've been through plastic surgery before. I think I've been very clear about it on this podcast. If I haven't, I had a breast reduction. So before you go through the the procedure. They will tell you, they will ask you, do you have a support system? Because there's going to be someone that has to help you get through this. Because you don't just have surgery and voila, you bounce back and come back like, you know, looking like Halle Berry. That's not how this works. There's some recovery that you will have to do and someone will have to assist you in said recovery. 
And what you don't want to have happen is that you have this surgery. Your husband doesn't know he's not there to support you. And you trying to do things that you're not supposed to do because you were out here being grown. We don't want that. So sit down with your husband, have a conversation, put everything on the table. And then at the end, if you all don't agree on it, that's when you have a conversation with him that goes something like this. I respect your opinion and I love you. And I respect the fact that you're the head of our household. However, this is my body and I have autonomy over my body and I don't feel comfortable in my body because of the way it currently looks. Now, from that conversation, I'm sure that your husband is a very understanding man and he will probably say, I get it. While I don't agree with it, I think you need to do what's best for you. At least that's what my husband said. So when I have time and money, I will also be getting a makeover. Even though he doesn't agree with it. What do you think, Nicole? So what I think is, you know, is your husband just saying, oh, I don't want you to get a mommy makeover because he knows if he's like, oh, yeah, get a mommy makeover that you're going to be like, so what you got a problem with my body? So some men just say that kind of thing when in all actuality, they are praying you get a mommy makeover, right? But if he, if, if, if that's not the case, if he really sincerely is happy with your body, if you're happy with your sex life, if, um, you know, if you had a serious conversation with your husband and he's like, you know what, I don't have no complaints over here. I don't think that you should get a mommy makeover. My question is, are you getting it because you feel self-conscious? Like, what is your reason for getting the mommy makeover? Is it really, I'm not happy with my body and how it is. And if you are not happy with yourself and you feel like looking at your body in the mirror saddens you, and this is going to make you happy, then you need to have a come to Jesus with your husband and say, listen, I do not feel like myself. I feel less than. And this is one way for me to feel happy, to feel complete. Now, you will have to go through an evaluation. Like they're going to ask you about, they're going to ask you questions to make sure you don't have like body dysmorphic disorder or that you have realistic expectations of what you want your body to look like. Because people get a plastic surgery and then you, you know what that happens? They want another plastic surgery. And then you know what happens after that? Okay, they get their breast reduction and a tummy tuck, which is what most mommy makeovers are. A combination of an abdominal surgery and a breast lift or reduction okay depending on how endowed you are up there okay but then all of a sudden you're like oh my god my chin looks you know too full i want you know the fat removed from under my chin okay and then all of a sudden you're like oh but i have hip dips now i want my hip dips repaired oh wait i don't like how my thighs look so you have to have realistic expectations of what you want your body to look like and you also have to understand that your body even with the mommy makeover, is not going to be perfect, okay? It's not going to be perfect. So I would, one, before you get this done, make sure your husband is on board, okay? Because you had a body of your dreams and then you out there looking crazy because you ain't got no husband. <laughs> Who does that, right? You were having good sex before and now you're by yourself masturbating. Make that make sense, right? So you got to make sure that he's happy and, and and you're doing all this to look better with your clothes off because with your clothes on, we can suck and tuck and, you know, do all kinds of things to make us look good in clothes, right? So you're doing all these things to look better with your clothes off. 
but the only person seeing you with your clothes off, well, should be should be the only person seeing you with your clothes off, are you and your husband. If he's saying he's happy and you're not happy and you didn't get surgery to get happy, which is going to make him unhappy and leave, well, we got a problem there, okay? So we have to deal with why do we really want surgery? You know, why do you really want surgery? Is your body really that bad that you need surgery when your husband does not want you to have surgery? And what exactly are you trying to get with the mommy makeover? Are you trying to go from double D to a B cup and that's why he's complaining? Like, help us break it down. Like, what exactly are you trying to get done? Okay. Because if you're trying to get something done that he doesn't find attractive, then your sex life could suffer. Or your husband could leave and your sex like really gonna suffer, okay? Not saying you can't find another man, but if you like the man you have, you might want to keep him happy and, and keep him there. But why? And then even if he says, okay, babe, I understand that you want a mommy makeover, I would encourage you to go to some counseling just to make sure that if it is that you need a mommy maker because you feel like you're not enough or you feel like you're less than or you feel like you're so unattractive, is there something deeper there? Like, are you going through depression? And I'm not saying that everybody that gets a mommy makeover has depression. I'm not saying it at all. It may be one coming my way in 2023. But is it that you have issues with the size of your breasts? Are you having some medical problems? Is it that, hey, you just want to look better, but you understand you still look good? Or are you really counting on this to lift your spirits? Because you're counting on a surgery to lift your spirits. You're going to be disappointed. Okay. So I would get down to the deeper, the deeper route, but I would not. And I repeat, I would not go get an expensive surgery that my husband's already said I don't need just because I wanted it. And then I also want to know, in addition to you talking to him about why you want it, why does he not want you to have it? Is he, would he agree that you should have it if y'all had $50,000 sitting in the bank? Is it finances that makes him not think that you are ready for the surgery? Because it is going to take, it's going to take, you know, $15,000 away from your household when you get a mommy makeover. So you do have to ask yourself. You know, is it the finances that he's worried about in terms of me getting an elective, as Janine reminds us, an elective surgery? Elective means you don't need it. That's not helping your life. You do not need it. Elective, okay? So if you're getting an elective surgery, is that going to really put a dent in your bank account? Is that going to be something where you could have put that money aside for your five-year-old to go to college and let that money grow? Is that what your husband's thinking about? So have a conversation with your husband. You know, by now, y'all married people, y'all should be able to talk to your spouse about just about anything. And you should know exactly why he doesn't want you to have the surgery. And you should be able to talk to him about exactly why you do. So yeah, there's sometimes hard conversations we have to have. But as married people, we have to be willing to have the tough conversations. And whatever you guys decide you touch and agree on then go from there we can't tell you how to proceed or if you really should get it done or oh no he's being irrational if we don't know the whole situation and right now you haven't really given us the whys 
the why you really want it or the why he doesn't want you to have it. So we, we need that information to be able to figure more of this out. But don't, don't, don't ever take money out your household. Not that much anyway. You're not talking about going to buy a new color TV. You're talking about going to get a surgery. Lord, get your husband on board. Okay. And there are ways to ask these things of our husbands. Okay. Don't just ask him when he's come home from a hard day's work. Ask him after you've given him a back rub and broke him off a little piece. Then ask him, okay? We got to know how to win to ask these men these questions. What does your letter read? My letter says, hey, friends, I don't know if you all take these kinds of questions, but I love y'all, so it gives me something to write in about. I feel like I'm stuck. I don't want to go another year feeling this way. It's weird because I have a beautiful family that I love. My husband and my two boys are amazing. I have a great job. I'm happy and healthy, but I still feel stuck. I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, being a good wife, a good mom, a good friend, a good coworker, etc. I feel like I've accomplished everything that I wanted to, and I've checked all of the boxes, yet I feel unfulfilled. I feel like I'm not showing up as my authentic self. If I'm being honest, I'm not even sure I know who my authentic self is. Ladies, how can I find myself and show up as myself in a world so I don't have to go through another year feeling stuck? Love y'all, Fallon. Okay, I'm so confused by Fallon's letter. I feel Fallon's letter brought up brought out a lot of emotion. Because I'm confused. I feel bad for her. I feel I empathize with her as well. Rewind for a minute and just correct me if I'm wrong. Fallon feels stuck. She feels trapped. She feels like she's not being herself or living out loud. But where? Is she talking about at her job, at her house, with her spouse? She feels like she's not showing up as her authentic self. And if she's being honest, she's not even sure she knows who her authentic self is. So it doesn't specify in any specific area. She just doesn't know who her authentic self is. Okay. So Fallon, a word of advice I would give you, because I think that the pandemic has allowed a lot of people to live a life in silence, right? And social media will have you put stuff out and people really think that's your life. And it might have you thinking that's your real life too, right? Some of the pictures we post, the places we go, you'll see pictures with people's kids. Because I post pictures of Harrison all the time, right? Especially if you follow Pregnancy Pros. He's up, he's on there, okay? And he's the, the very, the cutest thing in the world, right? But it doesn't give you a glimpse of like the five tantrums he had like just 30 minutes before I took the picture, right? And I say all that to say Instagram and TikTok and all the other social media platforms, 99% of the time is not people's authentic selves. It's not. It's just a snippet into our lives. And if you are somebody that's young and you're single, you can put out there what you want people to see. And if you're not, if you're only putting out something that's not authentic, meaning you're not putting the good, the bad, the ugly, and you know that you're not, and you have yourself believing that this is perfection 
and other people that are around you believing that that's your idea of perfection and you are not expressing yourself to anybody and you're not sharing your struggles with your closest friends, then yeah, you have put forward some just awesome interpretation of yourself, which is not 100% true. So here are my on the fly tips for that. Number one, you might have to give yourself a social media break, okay? Back away from Instagram, back away from TikToking, okay? Because those platforms will make you think that you are competing with other people when you are in fact not. You're only competing with yourself, okay? And realistically, sometimes you don't even have to do that, right? Today, I took a shower and that was it. I watched church online and I I did good for myself today. I didn't try to do a thing today. I was not on social media at all today, okay? Why? Because I did not feel like it. And so you have to realize what do you feel like doing and what do you not feel like doing? Who are you and who are you not? And some of that, if you don't know who you are, you can get lost in social media very, very quickly, okay? So I will take a break from social media. That's number one. Number two, I think you need some counseling. You know, betterhelp.com forward slash OTD to get 10% off is not just a gimmick, okay? Those are licensed therapists and you can really get some counseling. And I really feel like everybody needs a counselor myself included. I've had a ton of counseling in my adult life. I wish I would have some counseling in my childhood, but I didn't. But either way, I've had a ton in my adult life. And you need somebody that can help you talk through your own insecurities, talk through who you really are and what you really want. Okay. And sometimes that's a counselor. And sometimes that can also be a life coach. A life coach is a good person that can help you focus on what you want your goals to be, what you're actually good at and what you're not good at. And how do you say no to the stuff you're not really good at? And how do you do things to make what you are good at continue to grow and thrive? Okay. So therapists and are a life, uh, a life coach. Okay. Those are the three things that I would do. Okay. Now I don't know what your uh, beliefs are, but I believe in Jesus. Okay. I don't even want to say Jesus is who I believe in. And I always encourage people to develop their prayer life. Okay. Me and Jesus are birthday buddies. So we click tight. Okay. I encourage you to also become click tight with your maker so that you can um, feel comfortable praying about your situation and knowing once you pray about the situation that it is done and you can move on with your life. Now, I know we're not only here to go to church, and so I won't take you there, but I do believe that it's very good and it's healthy to have um, a strong um, spiritual life as well, okay? That's that's helpful because people, people don't care about you, okay? People, everybody has their own thing. You know, I'll call up close friends and want to vent about what's going on with me, and guess what? They got stuff going on too. And so they're listening, but then they're feeding back to me. And so I'm listening to them, but I may not need that right now. Okay. I need somebody that can just listen, take a moment and just be quiet. Let me sit and 
rationalize what's going on and how I'm going to make my next move. And people can't really do that very well. Okay. But if you have a spiritual life, you know how to meditate, you know how to pray about that thing, and you know how to find inner peace with whatever situation you're in. So I would also encourage you to develop your um, spiritual life. Those are my tips based on what you have said. Um, I, I am a firm believer in all four of those things that I have told you and encouraged you to do. Um, I think that this year you should resolve to, gla- to gain some clarity and make sure that you focus on who you really are and don't let anybody else define who you are. So I think that as I get older and more mature, Nicole and I agree more because she's the mature one. I tend to be the petty one, but I agree with Nicole on this one. The first thing I thought was, please get off of social media because this feeling, I've heard it from a few of my friends very recently, this feeling of like inadequacy or uncertainty, it's, it seems to have come out of nowhere where these people were high functioning, high performing, high, like, you know, they have everything that one would think that, you know, would be ideal in someone's life, yet they're not happy. So this idea of like peace and happiness and fulfillment and showing up as your authentic self, that comes from within. And if the noise inside of your head is too much for you to hear and understand what it's saying and guide you in the right direction to be your true authentic self, then we need to clear up some of that noise. And the first thing that I always do when I need to clear up some noise is shut off social media and text messaging and emails can be added to that. We always, you know, want to give social media a bad rap, but sometimes the people that are in our corner, so to speak, and I'm doing giant air quotes as Nicole can see, but for the rest of you all, We want to like hang on to these relationships and sometimes they're draining, right? And sometimes the the checklist itself, I I saw in the letter that said you checked all the boxes, but sometimes the checklist itself is just noise. It's this constant idea that we just have to do the next thing and we can't turn our minds off. And it's, you know, while we have access to everything at the tip of our fingers now, it's also, it's a blessing, but it's also a curse because if we don't know how to put it down and not have it at the tip of our fingers, we can get this noise that's so clouding that's clouding our thoughts so much that we can't really focus on what's true and genuine and what we really need to be doing. I have some friends and family members who are alcoholics and in Alcoholics Anonymous or Al-Anon that you go to for the family members, one of the things that it tells you is you are behind enemy lines inside of your mind. And that is so true because inside of your mind, you are fighting something that you can't see. You're literally having this internal battle that you've created and you have to stop it. And to Nicole's point, the way to stop it is have some faith. Like Nicole and I believe in Jesus. Now I'm trying to get click tight with Jesus too, but I'm not always there, right? Like I still got some petty left in me, as I said, but you have to have faith because that's what keeps you from the the point of like, I don't know why I'm here to the point of, Oh, I get it. I've been through. I've overcome. And if we're not at the point of overcoming, we need to go back to the the foundation. And the foundation tends to be like, what are you believing? What is your what is your what are your guiding principles? 
why do you wake up every day? You say that you love your husband and your family, but loving your husband and your family and not understanding your purpose is a difficult place to be in. Purpose is literally what drives you. And if you don't understand what that is, you're just kind of out here flailing around with no nothing to do or no reason for doing it. So yes, start with your faith. And then I'm with Nicole. Get some some help. And not I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you, but so often we hear this idea of you know, support your strong friends. Like make sure that you check on your strong friends. But it's not just the strong friends. It's sometimes the 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 friends who are just regular friends that are just lost inside of their mind or don't understand where they should be or how they're going to get there. Check on everyone. But the reason why we say that is because a flip of one instance when you're kind of flailing in the atmosphere like this can can be detrimental and devastating. We don't want that to happen. So please, please, it don't allow the stigma of having a therapist to overcome you. Go get a therapist. Have someone to talk to. Pretend like it's your best friend. That's what I do. Hey, look, girl, this is how this is. This is how I'm feeling. And I'm very honest because guess what? You are paying that person to be an honest friend and give you some sort of feedback to help guide you to where you need to be, right? They're not going to tell you the answers because as I stated at the beginning of this, the answers and the and what you're looking for has to come from inside of you. Though a therapist will help you get to that point by asking you pointed questions and guiding you in the right direction so that you can find what it is that you're looking for that you will then realize has been inside of you the whole time. So yeah, first get off of social media, then reconnect with your faith. If you don't have faith, find some, right? If if you don't believe in anything, I say do some research. You know, we research everything else, but we don't research our faith, right? Do some research. Find a faith that fits what your guiding morals and principles are, your guiding belief system are. Like I said, me and Nicole believe in Jesus and you're welcome to come join us, but find what works for you. And then move forward with the therapist. If you need some reminders, if we go back to when we had Dr. Macklin on, you can have Jesus and a therapist at the same time. All right, Jenny. So what did you learn new this week? So I'm going to go along with this idea of maybe not a resolution, but maybe some just minor tweaks to give us a better head start this year, right? So I found this article in Good Housekeeping, and it's 65 rewarding New Year's resolutions. But I don't want to call them resolutions because they're really just things that we should do and focus on so that we're back to this point of centering that I I keep referring to. So the first one, and we talked about this last year, but we didn't quite get to this point, is mindfulness. We really have to work on being mindful. And I'm not going to go through 65, so... I might post all 65, but I'm not going to go through them right now, but I'm going to go through key ones. So mindfulness. The second one is reading more books. And I think that I picked this one specifically because I think that we often miss things like reading because the internet is so close to us, like getting back to to our foundation, Um, committing to a healthier uh, sleep routine. Now, Nicole, 
I struggle with this a lot. I do. I go to bed at 2.30 in the morning. I wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and think that it's normal because I can function, but it's not. So better sleep routine. Join a club. If you are not a member of an organization or there's nothing for people to just hold you accountable and to check on you, join one, right? Um, And this is something else that I struggle with is prioritizing health screenings. Yes, I struggle with that. And even though one of my closest friends is a doctor and she stays on me, I do not prioritize my health screenings. But I think that we should do that because guess what? Health is wealth, y'all. We can't do nothing if we're falling apart. I'm preaching to myself first. So, And then a couple of other things are exercising your brain, making time for cuddling. Like I'm a big one. Like we're not about to do it. We're not cuddling. Making time for cuddling. Um, Exploring new hobbies. Heading outside without your cell phone. So go outside, explore some places and things and don't be, don't have your cell phone attached to your hand. It's not pictures of all of it. And one of the things that I thought was really cool is taking trips without a known destination. And the last and most important thing is consider getting therapy. Now, I selected all of these because these are the ones that that hold to this this idea of like truth and and peace and resolve and like getting back to our center. So those are the ones that I selected, but there are 65 of them. So I will post them, like I said, but I think we should focus on those because they're super important. What did you learn this week, Nicole? So I learned a couple of things new this week about resolutions. One, that the first New Year's resolutions were made about 4,000 years ago by the Babylonians, and they did it to keep in good standing with the gods. I also learned that 22% of New Year's resolutions fail within one week. One week, 50% fail in three months. Hence the, the reason I don't make them. So I'm in the 30% of people that don't bother bother making New Year's resolutions because they know they'll fail. So I'm not saying I can't stick to a goal, but it's just I have too much going on to say, oh, I'm not going to drink any sodas all year. Yeah, no, I'm going to drink the soda, okay? To be realistic about this thing. I mean, that's real. Honestly, Nicole, I think it's our chance to level set and we always just kind of fall into this oh, we have to make a resolution, but we don't mean it. We didn't. We don't have an idea in our hearts that we want to do it because if we did, they wouldn't fail. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Okay, and now this is from an unknown author who wrote, every year you make a resolution to change yourself. This year, make a resolution to be yourself. Reflect on how awesome you really are how funny you are, how kind you are, and don't be afraid to be that person. You are more than enough just the way you are. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep B.
DBWC. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.